are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. This is Diane Stemple on Cutting the Curd with my monthly book segment. Today I'm welcoming the author of Cheese for Dummies, Lassa Skinner. Hello, Lassa. Hello, Diane. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you very much. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. It's a pre-Labor Day show here in New York, and we're doing good. Good. <laughs> anyway, I want to tell our audience what uh, some of your background in cheese. You're you're extremely qualified to co-author Cheese for Dummies, and you're a cheesemonger and a teacher of all things cheese in Northern California, and also importantly, the founder of the magazine Culture, which most of us in the cheese world, uh, cheese industry, read and even drool over regularly. <laughs> Well, we do aim for, for those uh, centerfolds, if you uh, know yes. what I mean. <laughs> the ever-popular centerfolds. <laughs> yeah. Um, first of all, I want to just address the irony of the title, Cheese for Dummies, something we talked about when we met in Madison. It's because how can such a thorough and long 360-page book be just for dummies? Well, that's a very, very good point, as we discussed. And, um, you know, it's not for dummies. It's a, um, I think the main part of the pull for dummies series is to make it accessible. Mm-hmm. And certainly as a cheesemonger and also through culture, um, I try really hard to make sure people aren't intimidated by cheese, which, believe it or not, they are. Right. Um, so it's, it's the name comes from the the, the series itself, the mm-hmm. Four Dummies series, which is which is really um, well done and quite formulaic in many ways. So it it went it went with the title, but it's certainly not a dumbed down version of anything. No, because it's it's extensively researched and thorough. Well, yeah. <laughs> now I and a- I. Uh, I was very excited when you were really researching it for this. I was very, very excited. Uh-huh. I want one of my first questions is how did you come to write this book? Did the dummies publishers approach you? Did you approach them? What was the process? Yeah, um, so the dummies, um, the Wiley for dummies people actually came to culture. Mm-hmm. And um, so they approached us. And I actually had written a book before, so I knew what that entailed, which mm-hmm. is a fairly, for anyone that's written a book, is a fairly daunting task. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was kind of ready for it, and it was um, something I felt that, oh, certainly the Wiley people had never done one on cheese, and I felt that um, we were not only qualified, but we it would be a great exercise for us to do. So mm-hmm. I put my hand up for it, and, um, and I... With that, I also turned to my um, friend and, and one of our main writers, 
for culture, freelance writer, food writer named uh, Laurel Miller. Mm-hmm. So the two of us dove in together because I already knew how much work it was going to be ahead of us. And mm-hmm. I needed someone who had a steady hand. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she had experience um, also. She has, yes. Yeah, she's, um, she's been a, she has worked in cheese shops and has a huge interest in it, um, actually has a blog and is a, an excellent writer. And I really wanted someone that I could work together with. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at the time, I was a full, I was running a shop full time here in Napa Valley, um, as well as um, owning, co-owning culture. So mm-hmm. I really needed somebody who was working alongside of me to make it to get it done, mm-hmm. quite honestly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, that was great. Okay. It was a great co-author. Good. Um, how much of the format or the outline was dictated by them, uh, the publisher, versus you? Uh-huh. That's a great question. Um, I would say 100% of, by far, of the, um, the template. Mm-hmm. But for Dummies series, if you pick up any um, Dummies anything in the dummies line they are they will look very similar to this and that is a formula that they know works Mm -hmm. and was very very helpful although for me very daunting because when I go back to my days in school I was horrific at writing outlines Uh but they are adamant that you write your outline and work from that Mm -hmm. so um (laughs) that was that was the number one task and in fact um they they're very, very clear on how many pages and what, you know, what it needs to be. And another thing you might notice when you look at it is that the headlines on things, the, the titles, um, often are gerunds or end with I-N-G, which I was taught specifically never to do. Oh. So it's a very active kind of engrossing way of pulling a reader in. And I think because of the tone and the way this is structured, it's actually very, very good, mm-hmm. and it worked well. And we, you, we kind of had to click into the template and the mindset that they had set out for us. Mm-hmm. But, but the actual, so the structure was theirs, but the actual um, knowledge of how to, how to structure that was ours because mm-hmm. it's very different from many others in, in, in just because what cheese is. Right. You, you, you inherently structure it differently. Right. I had my only familiarity was with Scotland for Dummies, which I read yep. when I was embarking on planning a trip and knew nothing. And, mm-hmm. and I found it very helpful because it, it put it in pieces that I could tackle more easily. Well, yes, and their, uh, you know, their goal with it, and I, it, it's, um, I think, a great one, is to have every page. If you open up to any page, you will find something that will, will get you interested, and it will speak to you at some, at, at a level that will mm-hmm. actually want you to flip to another page, which I think is great. And coming from the magazine, we kind of tried to do the same thing. So mm-hmm. there were a lot of. A lot of things I was using to help make mm-hmm. that happen, too. Yeah, and thinking about it, I realized in some ways it made some decisions for you that you didn't have to bother making, you know, with the structure. Well, exactly. And, um, I mean, some of them I questioned and then realized that this was, this is actually much bigger than me, so I better just <laughs> up and get going. <laughs> but right. um, I must admit, I mean, it was so nice to have someone who also was working with me on it because, um, you know, we could discuss it and then divvy out things mm-hmm. to you. So, 
the bottom line, although with the cheese related things, were were me, and um, mm-hmm. and then I also reached out to our culture staff and our um, you know a lot of my friends who are all cheese professionals who are just fantastic people and just excited to get people interested in eating more cheese. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's really the bottom line. Mm-hmm. I try to wonder with all the I try to wonder with all these cheese books, how did you approach the task? Do you do the research first? How long does that take? Uh, you know, what knowledge base do you go to for help? Well, um, I don't think they would have offered this to someone unless they had a pretty deep knowledge base. Mm-hmm. Um, the time limit, the time that you have to do it is quite short. Oh. So you really need to come in and do it. I mean, okay. it had to be done within a year. Oh, and, wow. Um, okay. And actually, um, we were really put to it because they, the dummiest people had actually um, worked with the Target um, mm-hmm. group. And they we did for them, before doing this book, we did a small little booklet that was sold throughout all the tar- Target stores and was actually sold out oh. within, I think, two months or something of publication. So, so Target was affiliated with this project also? It was. It was hmm. affiliated with it. And it was actually good because it made us have to click into high gear very quickly. And the same kind of mentality where you had to work with a structure Mm-hmm. And uh, have, an, have a very, very tight, um, uh, you know, table of contents and all of those things to work from. So mm-hmm. it had to happen. And then we had to get it done. And we actually really worked from that and expanded it out mm-hmm. for the book. Okay. So, yeah, it was uh, quite, a, <laughs> quite that, a dive in. <laughs> that's a long book for one year. Uh, you know, well, I, I'm surprised. That seems like a pretty fast turnaround from start to finish. It is actually. It was um, it was good, but you know, it's always good to have deadlines, and mm-hmm. that's how we all work best, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was never a question about that. So um, for me, it was good. And again, knowing that, that's why I I was really clear that a co-author was was essential, crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will also say, uh, as a an added thing, that they did give it. You know, they did come to culture first, and they came to culture because um, there, there are three of us that own culture, and two of us are cheese people, and one is a magazine person. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of, of good professional understanding of the field there, and we also had, uh, and you'll notice in the center, this is the only for dummies book that's ever had photographs in it. Oh, Interesting. Um, yeah, it's the um, it is it was part of the stipulation at the beginning. They really partnered with us to make sure that it was professionally done, and they really loved you know and wanted to have visuals in this because, as you know from culture, it's all about right. looking at and stroking the cheeses <laughs> on the page, licking the pages, licking the pages. I won't say that. I wasn't going to go there, but there you have it. Um, so yeah, I mean, well, we I was surprised in the book when I ran across the pictures. I was surprised to find the pictures because I knew that was unusual for for, yes. the, for a dummies book. Um, now, did you <laughs> and Laurel divide the tasks in right up front, or as the project evolved? Um, we 
we did divide them fairly quickly. Um, I did a lot of, um, you know, the cheese, how to, how to make cheese, kind of the really hardcore stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, then I had other people read through it to make sure that I wasn't forgetting something or was incorrect on something. But she, Laurel is an excellent writer. Mm -hmm. So when it came to, um, and, and actually, the, the second half of the book, which is all of the, um, you know, places around the world, which is a, an, a lot to cover, yeah. um, he took the lead on, on most of that. And, um, and then I would come in and, and add what I needed to add to that. So she did a lot of the heavy lifting later, mm-hmm. which was, was great. And but I will also say that it was really fun because we learned so much. Mm-hmm. You know, you you always learn, which is always which is really what you want to do in life. Right, right. right. Learn was, and taste. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you what were the most fun parts to write or to oh, to create. Gosh. You know, there was nothing that wasn't fun. I would say um, once I put my mind to it, but because mm-hmm. when you write it, it's it's quite. Fun. Um, it's the copy editing that's not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, I would say like um, some of the kind of crazy sidebars that we did were the really really fun things. So if you go through, they and they love these where you you actually just add an aside mm-hmm. and, and you know the, like what dark the squares in Parmigiano Reggiano mm-hmm. and Parmesan, right? Um, and things like that, which. You know, our, for a cheesemonger, it's something that you get asked every day. Right. So it's really fun to, to kind of think of those, and we had, we had way too many. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we actually had far more, mater- far, far more material than we, we needed, so we had to cut back, mm-hmm. which was a great thing. Yeah. Um, so I think for me that, that was the, the most fun, was thinking about what the consumer mm-hmm. really wanted to know and put those things in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, what were the hardest parts? Well, by far the hardest is always to categorize cheese. Um, it is, uh, you know, it's not as straightforward as something like wine in that it it is, there are many elements that go into making a cheese. And so I was thinking as we broke it down, what are the first questions I like to ask someone if they come into a cheese shop and look like they, they're a deer in the headlights. Um, and that would be, you know, do you like hard or soft cheese? Do you, or you want a hard or soft cheese? Or are you looking for something that, that will go with something? Or do you want something that's, you know, kind of standing on its own and has a lot of oomph to it? And, and, but when you're talking about teaching cheese and putting it down in writing, you, you're trying to make it as as comprehensive as possible and boiling it down into just a few elements is quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so even, and even now as I look at this, I mean, I have a, I could see someone asking me a million questions from this and saying, yeah, well, there's some gray in there. Right. <laughs> well, different people do it differently. They, you know, they decide to divide the cheeses differently. Right, right. And uh-huh. this, and that's, that's true. This one was very much done um, because of how I receive questions and the way that I like to think of cheese for someone who comes into something and doesn't and 
and just loves it but doesn't know anything right. about it. So the focus is so, sort of for the cheesemonger's customer. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. somebody who actually is interested enough to buy a book on cheese is probably, you know, someone who's really willing to dive in a little bit and take it one step at a time and, and learn as you go along. Okay. So, um, you know, it still is divided, and I was quite adamant that we do hard and soft cheeses. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was me, and mm-hmm. just simply because it's really one of the main dividers. And when I teach 101, which I do a lot, she's 101, um, you know, I, I often start with that, but I have an acronym that I use, which is MTRF, which, is, which I say is My Train Runs Fast. And the first is milk, which is the my, and the second is texture, the third is rind, and the fourth is flavor. Mm-hmm. And I, I tried to do that throughout the, 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 the book, but I, I actually came to that later mm-hmm. after doing the book and, and, you know, thought, well, this is a way to really boil it down. If you go into any cheese shop and say, you know, what kind of milk you're looking for or the texture of the cheese, what's on the outside of the cheese, what does it look like, what's the line, and the flavor, you're going to get something that you like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have to take a break now. We'll be right back. This is Diane Stemple interviewing Lassa Skinner on Cutting the Curd. We'll see you soon. Stemple again with Lassa Skinner on Cutting the Curd, talking about her book, Cheese for Dummies. Lassa, I have so many more questions for you. I don't know how we're going to get through it. All uh, right, well, you, I'll shut up and oh, you ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, these were even the more interesting questions. This book uh, includes so many lists and so many decisions. How did you ever decide all these things? <laughs> I, um... Do you want well, me to give I, an example? Yes, please. Give okay. Me an example. So, uh, just this is a little one. When categorizing, um, oh, that was a challenge in and of itself coming up with categories, I'm sure. But you've got this little category down to earth, mushroomy, grassy tasting, semi soft. Mm-hmm. And in it, the examples are Gorewood Carefilly and Tome de Savoie. And those are great great examples, but I'm just thinking, wow, where did they pull those from? Like, what made you decide to go with those two cheeses in that slot? Um, well, if you look throughout the book, you'll see we try not to do too many uh, of, not try not to repeat too much in okay. terms of what cheese choices there are, so, okay. which is something we do in culture as well. That's a good um, idea. So 
there are, I mean, you could reuse something, um, but that was a way to steer people to different things. Um, and eliminate some possibilities while you're talking, you know, just like yes, we already exactly. used that somewhere else. Yep. And and also we tried to do, tried to choose some ones that were a little more, for the, for the most part, a little bit a little harder to find, but pretty pretty accessible. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we weren't choosing things that were, you know, you can't get outside of Canada or something like that because that's not who we're writing it for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we want something larger, um, a little bit more accessible. Mm-hmm. So, so that's where that's where our mind went. But I must admit, it was there were many. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was hard. And that did you hard. have a committee, or was it just the two of you, or did you sit down with like a culture group and and uh, make some decisions? Um, well, we didn't sit down, but I mean, we had our computers. But mm-hmm. I would call people, and I had, um, if you look at the front and the acknowledgments, you'll see a whole host of people that are acknowledged there, and they were ones that I ran things by, mm-hmm. as did Laurel on a regular basis. Um, to see what they thought, and pretty much all of the manuscript we would take in chunks and have peace professionals read it mm-hmm. uh, and and give their, not only comments, but actually do their cross-outs and their exclamation points and their underlines for mm-hmm. us. And mm-hmm. uh, so we did actually pull a lot on um, our cheese, you know, peers to, mm-hmm. to look through it and, and provide their thoughts on it. Okay. So it was never in a vacuum. Okay. Did you worry, um, did you need to worry that you'd be promoting some cheeses over others? Um, well, because there are so many in here, um, I, you know, I, I appreciate that question, but I normally feel like once you're providing a style of cheese, like a cheddar or something like that, that is widely available here. You're having people, um, you know, get excited about the style itself rather than the actual cheese, the one cheese. And whenever, so my, my point with that is that for the most part, if we did say, well, try this cheese, if you go into a cheese shop and you want that cheese and they don't have that, they're going to give you something very similar made by another person. So mm-hmm. really, you know, we talk about this a lot, but I always say, you know, don't try not to worry only about that one name. Mm-hmm. Try to think about the style and what it is you're having, which was the whole thrust behind the book, which is think in terms of, you know, what is the kind of cheese that you like? You, mm-hmm. you know, the hard, the soft, the, the cheddar, the da, 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 whatever it is, mm-hmm. so that you can, because once you get that, the whole world is open to you. Mm-hmm. So, no, we weren't, I mean, we were writing this for culture, for, for ourselves, and we love too many, too right. many kinds <laughs> of cheeses. So we could incorporate anybody, and there was no, you know, no one holding a gun to anyone's head to put somebody in there over someone else. Okay. As you were writing the book, and again, I didn't know it just took a year, um, I mean, I feel that American cheeses are continuing to multiply and vastly improve, how conscious were you of occlu- including American examples when you are focusing on all cheese? Yeah, that's a, a, a great question. Um, so uh, I was very focused, and I know Laurel was too, because of the fact that this is mainly sold in America. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and American cheeses, as you said and you know very well, um, really are is a an incredible burgeoning um, area. And you know, we could have done this solely on American cheeses, right? But it wouldn't include any of the history. And if you look into how people decide or what recipes they're using or what cultures within their cheeses they're they're doing in America, they are for the most part looking backwards at at the at the at where these things started. And and a lot of American originals even have been um, offshoots of something that they have started making something else and then ended up with a, with a different cheese. So we, we, I think to do cheese um, a service, you know, and to really understand cheese and to understand what, you know, what the common words we still use are, like mm-hmm. a, a cheddar mm-hmm. or a gorgonzola or a brie or something, you really need to include all of that. Right. Um, there's a second book for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Um, and I'm sure we can fill it, right, more than fill it. <laughs> right. One of the things I found really interesting was, um, I think you call it taking the cheese challenge, where you're trying to help the consumer decide which aspect of their favorite cheese makes it their favorite, and then recommend something new in that direction. Can you tell me, is that how you work as a cheesemonger? Yeah, uh, um I say always that as a, a good cheesemonger really needs to think, well, first of all, customer service is massively important. And so with that, you need to um, kind of read your customer and then listen. Mm-hmm. So you ask questions and you listen, and then you ask another question based on what they've just answered. Mm-hmm. So um, that's good cheesemonger as mm-hmm. opposed to someone selling someone something. Right. Um, so yeah, the, that was very much based on that, and uh, for always, I you know I I'm trying very hard to help the customer feel comfortable, but to actually say what they want as opposed to what I want them to say. Right, right. So yeah, that's that was based on that. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, did you have specialists for any far-flung areas or countries? Like one of your lists uh, or one of your categories is Can- Canada's islands. Uh, mm-hmm. Who helps with those decisions? That was all contacts through um, culture mm-hmm. or our own personal um, travels and knowledge. Mm-hmm. So um, we had some areas that we were woefully deficient in. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you want to admit which ones? <laughs> well, Mongolia, for oh, okay. example, okay. and places like that. But you know. Laurel is an intrepid traveler and has uh-huh. been for so many years. So she's been to a lot of far-flung places. Um, I think that we really, the one place that I know that we really wish we could have done more with was Mexico. Mm-hmm. And um, Yes, I wondered very, about that. I noticed you didn't have producers, you had types. Yes, we just could not. We, we could not get it, and yeah. it was very yeah. hard. And I know there's a lot there, and I know culture has dug in a lot to try to get more, too. So we'll have more in the future. Mm-hmm. But, for example, Australia, which I'm my father is Australian, and I've spent a lot of time there and know a lot of cheese people there. So I know far too much about the cheeses of Australia. So there was a little bit of nepotism going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, right. <laughs> so Australia got a lot of attention. 
Right. And well, it, but to answer your question fully, we had a lot of um, of guidance, and then people in those places themselves who or who know the products very very well, like Michelle Buster from Forever Cheese, that kind of thing. Um, Cecile Delon from the French Cheese Club, all of those people who really know their countries mm-hmm. and their cheeses, mm-hmm. who provided information, and then we went and researched it and wrote it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the toughest list, the, you know, it, it just kept getting tougher and tougher as you go through the book, as far as I was concerned. The toughest list was 10 cheeses we'd like you to try. <laughs> I thought, now... You know, as as a cheese professional, you're often asked, what's your favorite cheese? And that's not a question you ever want to answer. As a cheesemonger, you know, you'll say what's good today, but you don't really want to say your favorite cheese either. But how did you ever come up with that top 10? And I did a little, a couple counts on it. it the top, your top 10 of what you'd like people to try had three goat, one sheep, and six cow. It had <laughs> three, five French, four U.S., and one Italian. Did you did you try for that diversity? Uh, what what was your thinking? Yeah, we did try for that diversity, um, and I will also I will say that you've just also highlighted one of the um, the editing problems in our book because it's chapter twenty three and it is the repeat. Of yes, the I one know. Before. I wasn't going to mm-hmm. say that. <laughs> so there, therefore, there's definitely a reprint going on yes. at some point in the future. <laughs> It really stands um, out when you're looking at the table of contents. Yeah, I know. Well, but, you know, no. I mean, it we doesn't make anyone perfect. not read the chapter. <laughs> well, I, I always say that, um, you know, life is boring if you're perfect. So let's, mm-hmm. not, let's not go there. Um, so what we based this on was actually our favorite cheeses. Okay. And um, that was the bottom line. And it was... And I'll say from these, I mean, I have, I'm always a goat cheese lover, but my Epoise Clisson was one of my first loves, mm-hmm, and Epoise mm-hmm. is one of my standbys. Now, that's, Ridge, that is one, Epoise is what I, I definitely agreed with that one. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, it's hard to say any of these aren't, but Comte, mm-hmm. me, and Abbe de Belloc, those are ones that I, they are my, if you don't, like those cheeses, I don't understand why. <laughs> and that's why they went in there because this okay. is not for this is not for some a list for people who are looking for something that's crazy. This is for even though Barely Buzz is out there, it's one of those ones that is kind of intriguing, also like, wow, that's just uh you know, it's hard not to love it if you're American, I mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm. So that's why we put it in there. So we mm-hmm. wanted a little bit of diversity, but then we wanted the tried and true. Okay, okay. Well, unfortunately... So Did you have a comment? I'd love to hear your comment. About that. the top ten? Well... Yeah, what would you have, have said uh, differently? Oh, that's a hard one. Well, let me look. Um, I'm not a lover of Banan. Okay. <laughs> you know, just personally, I don't like the ta- the the extra flavor. Yeah. Um, you mean but from the out from the uh, leaves? Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. would have had a different goat. Uh, um, barely buzzed. Eh, eh. I don't know. I, I thought barely buzzed popped up in the book more than once. 
Oh. Yeah, it probably did because we used it for coded rhymes. Okay. And, um, okay. And it's, but we also mentioned, I mean, a little later, tea hive and tea hive. So, mm-hmm. you know, and again, it's a year ago. So this, you know, there weren't as, it's like there's, there's not that many coated rind cheeses out there that are American. Okay. So okay. that's where, that's really where it popped up. Now, the only one I didn't know was Clisson. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. I think I may have had similar ones. Um, maybe I might have sold Tom Daquitan at Murray's, but um, that I didn't understand because uh, that seemed very obscure to me. Uh huh. Well, it's there. It's out there. Okay. Um, and it, I thought it interesting that you you had two um, of the best Americans that have won Best in Show more than once: the uh, Pleasant Ridge and Rogue River Blue. I thought that they belonged. Yeah, yes. Well, and Comte and Abbe. I yes, mean, yes. Yeah, I think we tried to mix it up because it would, if you put all these out and said, look, I'm going to get all these top ten cheeses that they say, or t- ten cheeses they'd like us to try, right. you would get a pretty amazing diversity of cheese. Right, you could so just have a, a party. You get a couple hard goats that are very different. Yeah. And then you get a soft, and, you know, so. It would be delicious. That's kind of what we were going for. It would be delicious you know? and you'd learn a lot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, unfortunately, our time is up. I want to thank oh. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Everyone should look at and buy Cheese for Dummies. It's a great book, and it will help you train your staff or fill in the gaps of your own knowledge. I want to thank Jack Inslee for producing the show, and we're on heritageradionetwork.org. I want to thank John Burt, who composed and performed my new uh, pre-show cheese song, this is I Diane. love that, by the way. Oh, oh thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell them. And this is Diane Stemple on Cutting the Curd. We'll be back next month with another book review. Bye. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.